1: As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. First Kings 17 and one. The Bible says Elijah was a man just like us, but he prayed that it might not rain and it rained not for three years and six months. James 5, 7 to 18. He was a man. He was human in form, but he prayed and the heavens closed up and there was no rain. Oh, my goodness. This is so awesome. Elijah, think about that now. A man just like us. The miracles of Elijah, the prophet. There are many. The drought in First Kings seventeen one. the meal and oil was multiplied In 1 Kings, there was a famine in the land, 1714. But yet, Elijah prayed, and the meal and oil was multiplied. Amazing. A child's life restored in 1 Kings 1722. A sacrifice consumed by fire in 1 Kings 1838. A captain and men were slain by fire, 2 Kings 1.10. Oh, my goodness. Elijah has some awesome miracles. Rain. First Kings 18 and 41. The water of the Jordan is divided. Second Kings 2 and 8. Elijah's miracles are God sized miracles. Elijah did not pray according to his human self. He prayed for God sized miracles to happen yet. He was a man just like us. Elijah is in the Old Testament and he is before Jesus Christ. And then the heavens open and sends forth a messenger to earth by the appearance of an angel. A babe shall be born of a virgin, a son, and he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of David, his father and his kingdom Shall have no end. Luke 1 to 33. His kingdom shall have no end. You child of God are subject to the powers of his kingdom. That's something to shout about. The Messiah is born. So Elijah is the forerunner of Jesus Christ because Elijah saw some of the same type of miracles as Jesus performed a child Someone's raised from the dead. You remember Elijah raises the boy from the dead. He prays and the heavens are closed. Jesus speaks to the storm on the sea and says, peace, be still. They both deal with the elements, right? And so, so many miracles that Elijah did, but he was a foreshadowing of what was to come. Jesus tells us why he came into the world, John ten ten, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's John 10, 10. You are marked with a promise of power and abundant life. I want to share this with you. When I was traveling in Israel, I visited the place of Jesus' birth, the church church of the nativity underneath the church of the nativity. There's an underground space, which forms the crypt of the church of the nativity and it's beneath its main altar. This is the place of the birth of Jesus Christ. Now many go to Israel on a tour. They see and they hear, but they still don't believe. I went, I saw, I heard, and I believed. I left Israel not having gone on a tour, but on a pilgrimage to the Holy land. And my experiences were profound because I believed when we align ourselves with the great teacher, the Holy spirit, he reveals truth. He directs our path and enlightens us. As I believed what I saw, the Holy spirit led me through the church. My faith rose into a new dimension I read my Bible. I stayed in the Bible. I stayed in the word of God. I worshiped in song and sang unto the Lord the whole time that I was in Israel. I left Israel charged with supernatural power and insight. This was truly a pilgrimage for me to the Holy Land. I could see the Sea of Galilee from my hotel room. It was an amazing sight. Peace at the Sea of Galilee. It was just unspeakable. The presence of the Lord is certainly there. There is no place on earth like Israel. If you've heard that before, I can definitely confirm that it is true and it is truly the Holy Land. Contemplating about Israel, the place where Christ walked the earth, brings about a great question. How did he live? How were such great, magnificent miracles demonstrated? Because deity became man. Jesus took on flesh and blood and dwelt. Among us, and because he became flesh and blood, he left his glory in heaven and he lived in a human form. He spoke these very words in John 17 5 And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. He's saying, Glorify me again. So, when Jesus was here in human form, he demonstrated the life. That is pleasing in the sight of God, the life that will bring us to fulfill the works that he did and even greater works than he performed. Jesus lived a life of dominating power. You know, some years ago, I used to wonder when I saw miracles performed in different ministries and I was at different conferences and amazing miracles would happen. And I would wonder how are those miracles being performed, Lord? This plagued my mind and I questioned God, how is this person praying and receiving these mighty results? This was something that was heavy on me because I wanted to understand that power that I was seeing. And the Lord spoke to me one day because I said, Lord, so what is the secret? Why do only a few people have the secret? And the Holy Spirit answered me. He said, it isn't a secret. There is no secret. The answers are in the Bible. They're right there in the Bible. Oh, my goodness. That is powerful. Everything that we have need of is in the word of God. And when I began to look into that, when I began to investigate what is the secret that's in the Bible, I found that it was no secret. There it was open before me, living a life of power. That's what Jesus lived. And that's what he wants for you and I. Of all the prophets in the Bible, no one's life brought the revelation or the performance of miracles and signs and wonders as the life of Christ himself. Jesus left the legacy of prayer. The disciples watched him heal the sick, raise the dead, disappear into a mob of an angry crowd. He opened the eyes of the blind. He fed a multitude As the disciples walked side by side with the Messiah, they witnessed a prayer life superior to anyone that they had ever known, to any one of the prophets that had come before him. No wonder the cry of their hearts was, Lord, teach us to pray. Oh my goodness. In John 6, 28, the disciples are full of zeal for the Lord and they ask him an important question. And the Bible says they said unto him, what shall we do that we might work the mighty works of God? And that's the question that was plaguing me. What must I do that I may work the mighty works of God? Jesus demonstrated a relationship with God, showing the disciples that God wasn't far off somewhere in the supernatural heavenly realms, inaccessible and unapproachable, as they had thought many, many years before Christ came into the world. He was a far off God in the heavens. They were afraid to even say his name. He was unapproachable in so many ways to the people of Jesus' day. He impressed upon the disciples that God is a loving father, and he wanted to give them the desires of their heart that he wanted to live in communion and unbroken relationship with them that same relationship that he desires of us today and as that same question was plaguing me what must i do To work the mighty works of God. The Lord began to show me and he began to give me answers to that same question that the disciples were asking. Jesus demonstrated an extraordinary prayer life. Jesus laid a foundation that we have to follow to do the great works of God. He prayed. No prophet in biblical history had the prayer life of Christ himself. Mary is given the message by the angel of the Lord for the child to be born, Mary, the mother of Christ, magnifies the Lord. She prays the prayer of praise and worship to God. Luke one forty six. Even before Jesus is born, and when he becomes an adult, his ministry begins with prayer at the Jordan River with the baptism where John the Baptist baptizes him. And Luke three and twenty one, when all the people being baptized Jesus was baptized and as he was praying the Bible says heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form like a dove and a voice from heaven said you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased Luke 3 and 22. Prayer Jesus began his ministry in prayer and on Calvary He concludes his ministry with prayer daily before daybreak. Jesus communed with the father in prayer. Mark one and 35 early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I'm going to ask that question again. What must we do that we might work the great works of God because of the life Jesus lived. He had made a commitment for I have not spoken of myself, but the father who sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. John 12, 49 because he lived in communion with the father. God told Jesus even what to say. Oh my goodness. Jesus never missed the opportunity to pray. Prayer is the realm that Jesus reside in. His ministry dependent upon prayer. And for his life, when there was a difficult situation, Jesus sought God. When he was exhausted and needed rest, he went to the Lord. Before confronting crowds of people who pressed in upon him each day, at the completion of his day, Jesus had ministered, but he left and went to pray. He prayed for the ones that he loved, Luke 22 and 32. He prayed for those who hated him, Luke 23 and 34. The order of Jesus' life was prayer first and then works. When Jesus had a major decision, he looked to heaven to the Father to show him. Jesus never acted on his own, Luke six twelve to 13 And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and he continued all night in prayer to God. When was the last time that you prayed all night long? When was the last time that you were confronted with a situation and you could not see a way out, but you got on the floor and you prayed all night long and you laid out before God? Remember when the first child of King David was born ill, David fasted and he prayed and he refused to eat until the situation came to a resolve. When was the last time you prayed all night long? When was the last time that you were shut in with a gallon of water only and you saw God? When was the last time? You fasted and prayed and said, I will not cease until I hear from God Almighty. That's the kind of life that Jesus had. The Bible says, and when it was day, he called unto him his disciples. Remember now it says when it was day because he prayed all night long. He called unto him his disciples and of them he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. But Jesus often withdrew. To lonely places and prayed. Luke five fifteen to sixteen. Also Mark one and forty five. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. Mark two and twenty three. He prayed also when he heard the news that John the Baptist was beheaded. This was the cousin of Jesus. Matthew fourteen and thirteen. After a crowded meeting, he went to a solitary place to pray. Matthew fourteen twenty three. And Mark 6 46, before and after the feeding of the five thousand, Jesus prayed, Matthew 14, 19 to 23. When he had fed four thousand men, women, and children, Luke fifteen, twenty nine, Jesus prayed. Before Peter's confession in Luke nine twenty, by the gravesite of a friend Lazarus, Jesus prayed. John eleven, forty one to forty-four. When he told Peter, That Satan wishes to sift him as wheat, but he prayed for him. Luke 22 and 32. For the Holy Spirit to be given. John 14 and 16. Jesus prayed before making his ascension. Jesus prayed Luke 24 and 50 to 53. He prayed for his followers in John 17. Before he went to trial, Matthew 26, 36 to 44. And on the cross, Matthew seventeen forty six, and Luke 23 to 24. He prayed. This is the victory of prayer. Jesus stayed in communion with God. And I asked the question again, what must we do that we might work the mighty works of God? As we see Jesus work the mighty works of the father, the answer is, Becomes quite clear. Jesus lived in unbroken communion with the father. And he said that he only did what he saw the father doing. Therefore, we know that Jesus received revelation from the father in prayer. John five nineteen to 20. Then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do for whatever he does. The son also does in like manner for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Jesus received revelation in prayer. So powerful. His ministry flourish. The disciples continued after his death in great power, ministering as he had ministered, devoting their lives to prayer and to obedience to the word. After the Holy Spirit fell upon them on the day of Pentecost, the disciples made a decision that shakes the entire world. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Acts 6, 4. Oh, my goodness. What would happen if we determined that we will have a life, a prayer life, the one like Jesus had not the prayer life that you and I have right now, the prayer life that Jesus had. All of us can step it up another level to have the prayer life that he had. What will take place in our life when we decide to give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word? Oh my goodness, I'm talking about living a life of power. When God becomes a priority, everything in our life changes. The people around us change. The places that we go Changes Doors of opportunity that were once closed to us opens. The window of heaven opens over our lives. We ascend to a new dimension of power. Now we can see why the disciples made the decision to give themselves continually to prayer because Jesus gave himself continually to prayer and to ministering the word unto the people. That statement, that statement was made because of the account of the life that they witnessed with Christ. Jesus wants us to seek God. He left a legacy of prayer to the disciples and to you and I. Somehow the study of the prayer life of Christ, unconcerned that it may have been left off to some of us, that we may have missed it. He opened the eyes of the blind and fed a multitude as they walked side by side with the Messiah. The disciples witnessed a prayer life superior to anything they had ever known. No wonder their hearts cried, Lord, teach us to pray. Then they said unto him, what must we do that we might work the mighty works God. That has to be the cry of our hearts today. Lord, what must we do that we might work the mighty works of God? When that becomes the cry of our heart, I want to tell you that you step into another dimension. You begin to align yourself with the Holy Spirit. He's the great teacher of prayer. If we look to man to teach us to prayer, we are looking amiss. I mean, we're looking in the wrong direction. It's the Holy Spirit. The Lord says will be our guide. He says we'll be our counselor and our teacher. Oh, my goodness. Jesus demonstrated a life, a relationship with God unparalleled to any other, showing the disciples that God isn't far off somewhere in some supernatural. Natural realm aloof and withdrawn he impressed upon the disciple the love of god and we begin to understand communion in a new way jesus had laid a foundation that we have to follow to do the great works of god oh my goodness when we draw close to him in prayer and we cry out to him lord draw me With your loving kindness for perfect love, cast out all fear. When we begin to love him the way he loves us, we begin to have a relationship and a bond and we're drawn to him. If you feel maybe I don't have that kind of love for him, Valerie, the love that draws me to him to hours of prayer. And that's when we pray, Lord, draw me with your loving kindness, draw me to your heart, draw me closer to you. I want that love that cast out all fear. Once we comprehend the love of God as a father, doubt is removed and we have confidence And him that he will provide all our needs. This causes a shift in our prayers. We begin to pray prayers that draw God into our prayer, asking him for his presence. Lord, give me your presence. Give me your righteousness and give me your peace. Praying this way will bring a tremendous anointing upon your life. God will be glorified. Your prayers begin to take on a new level of power. You step into a dimension to begin to do the mighty works of God. So the cry of our heart is to ascend to a new level of communion with God. Pray for this request to be fulfilled. Lord, give me your presence. Give me your righteousness. Lord, give me your peace. Lord, give me your peace. And finally, Lord, give me the spirit of prayer. Jesus had the spirit of prayer. Elijah had the spirit of prayer. Moses had the spirit of prayer. Joshua being side by side with Moses had the spirit of prayer. We aren't praying for material things. When we pray like that. We know that He's going to provide all of our needs according to His riches and glory. Lord, what must we do that we might work the mighty works of God? Give us the spirit of prayer. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray.
0: You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 530. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org.